0: She and Tayo, she and Tayo, so no, she could be. Okay, let's start the music. Good morning, afternoon. To all of you wonderful ladies, gentlemen, and everyone else listening, this is the Royal Deluxe Podcast, a podcast bringing you breaking news and analysis of the Kansas City Royals every Monday and Friday as part of the Fan's First Sports Network. What? What? What do you want? <laughs> Come on. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. I, bro, let me tell you. I'm actually getting anxiety when I'm starting the podcast now. It's getting to that point. It has gotten to that point. I have anxiety doing this podcast because what do I even say at this point? What do I say about the Royals at this point? By the way, I'm Lux at Royal Deluxe Pod or at the MFNKC. That's a, Those are the social medias for myself and this podcast. Um, you know, I appreciate y'all listening. I appreciate y'all checking in on me, but I don't, I, I'm like at a loss for words at this point. I really don't know what to say about the Royals. I mean, I do, but I've already said it. I've been talking about how the Royals have been going downhill and why they're bad. I've been talking a lot about how not only did they get to this point in this season, but how they got to this point like as a franchise. You know, I continuously say this is not necessarily the roster that was built by JJ Piccolo. It was just simply inherited by him. It was passed down to him. And personally, I'm just getting frustrated online because I was arguing with someone about this. And they somehow took that as a defense for this team. It's not. I'm not defending the Royals, guys. If anyone, like, I know I've been optimistic about the Royals and I've been trying to say, look, it's not as bad as it really is. And I will say, like, it really boggles the mind that this team is this bad because I just look at the talent on this roster and I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. It literally does not make any sense for all of these players to be this bad. I mean, like, this is the worst that it could possibly be which feels like it's a, it, that feels like it's a thing that's been said a lot about the royals for the past like 36 months but really this is the worst it could possibly be this is the worst possible scenario last year was the worst possible scenario losing 97 games despite the fact that we were supposed to be competitive in the final years of some contracts like Vinny Pasquantino but whatever like we were expecting something from that, and we lost ninety seven games. That's the worst possible. And it's like, wow, that that could not have possibly gone any worse. Okay, the Royals are barreling towards a one hundred sixteen loss season at this rate, or something like that. I haven't actually checked the I haven't done the math on this, but they're eighteen and forty four now. You know, usually we we start this by recapping. Uh, series, uh, the the series that happened in the past. We played against the Marlins. We played a three-game series. They lost all games. They lost every game. None of them were close. Nothing good happened in any of these three games. So there's no deluxe moment. Um, We're not doing a Tucker Bradley thing um, because, frankly, Tucker Bradley isn't even the the prospect I'm the most concerned about. Let, let, Let me actually do a little detour right here. Tucker Bradley isn't my favorite prospect. He's just my favorite prospect that no one talks about. My favorite prospect is Frank Mazzucato. And he's on the injured list because he broke bones in his face somehow by colliding with someone. Don't know what the deal is with that. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess it's good that he didn't injure his shoulder or, or his arm or his hand or anything like that. But yeah, my actual favorite prospect is now out for a month. So, I don't even have that to look forward to. Meanwhile, the Royals are 18-44. and 44. And as I said last time, on, on Monday's episode, they are closer to the actual worst team in baseball, the Oakland Athletics, who are off to a historically awful start and have a very, very real chance of breaking the regular season record for most losses. The Oakland Athletics might not even lose 120 games. It might be 130 games at this point. The Royals are only four games better than them. The next best team is, I'm going to say it's the Washington Nationals, who are 25 and 36. There are seven or eight games worse than that. (laughs) Like, this is the worst it could possibly be. Every single player in this lineup is underperforming. Or, I don't know, maybe this is just what they really are. and And if that's the case, that's sad. That is tragic. I mean, Salvi lately hasn't been hitting all that well. Vinny has been hitting terribly for like a month. That is the weirdest thing about this season. Vinny was the most surefire good player on this roster going into the season. And since May 2nd, he's been hitting 226. What? What is that, bro? Look something that can be said is that over this time he's had a 2.26 batted average batting average on balls in play which is really really unlucky so sure we can say that we can play that card again and say okay well he's been getting unlucky <laughs> but even still it's like if Vinny isn't good then you know, someone else has to step up and be good okay Nick Prado's hitting well Nick Prado is hitting very, very well. He's, but all at the same time, we have. If we're going to play the the Babip card for Vinny, we have to play the Babip card for Nick Prado. He has a four sixty six average on balls in play, which is laughably fortunate. So that is definitely going to come down, and whatever happens when that comes down. I don't know. We have to be prepared for that. Hopefully there's something that he can uh, do. To- I mean, he, he gets on base. He's taking walks. So that's really, really good. So I'm not really that concerned about the eventual progression or r- rather regression that Nick Prado will face. But then everyone else on this lineup, bro, like who who else is hitting in this lineup? It's not Bobby, certainly. Uh, Michael Garcia, I think he's like doing his job. He's not hitting super well, but he's. Fielding okay. Well, I, even then, I actually don't even know if he's fielding all that well. He hasn't been fielding well that recently. So there we go. That's the other thing. It's like if you, even if you are even if you are hitting well, you're still uh you're fielding badly. And Michael Garcia, you know, I say he's hitting well. He has a ninety weighted runs created plus this season. He's not. He's not. He's not hitting well. He's not hitting amazingly. He's just kind of like actually no, it's eighty seven his weighted runs created plus. So he's kind of like. He's kind of hanging in there. If he can be a plus defender, then that would be one thing. Which, again, lately, I don't know about that, but uh, sticks and stones, I, I I guess. Whatever. Nitpicks. I mean, you can nitpick everything about this roster, though. This This roster is bad. It's, it's losing so many games. It's just awful. And it's awful to watch. I have barely been watching this past week. I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I... You know, I think that there's more to following baseball than just watching the actual games. There's a lot that you can, uh, you know... I, I do lots of research. I read lots of discussions. I I check out, you know, post-game stuff. Which, and by post-game stuff, I mean, like, I see the highlights and stuff like that. I I read up on what actually happened during the game. I'm just saying that when first pitch is thrown at 7 p.m. Kaufman time, I'm not sitting down in my chair going, Oh, boy, I'm getting ready to watch Royals baseball again, and I'm just sitting there glued to my screen for three hours that's not really what I'm doing and I have no motivation to do that for future games as of right now um but yeah like everyone else in this roster like like who else is hitting uh, like no one <laughs> no one there's nobody dude nobody even Michael Massey my favorite Royal right now he's been awful for the past week or so since June started he's hitting 77. <laughs> So he hasn't done anything either. It's just it's just everybody. Like the entire team is it, it has come down with a suck virus. Everyone is just sucking right now. And it's it's awful. It's really awful. There's no way you can sugarcoat this. Like it it it's just like the only positive thing over the last couple of weeks, I think, is that the pitching has been okay. Like it hasn't been completely terrible like it has been for most of the season but even then you have to wonder how long this is gonna last and i say it's not been completely terrible but even then it's like every now and then someone someone else messes up and it's like someone new every day but at least the rotation has stabilized a little bit like brady singer hasn't been completely terrible lately his past couple starts have been okay uh, Jordan Lyles his past couple of starts have been okay Um, he, he lost again though so he's now 0-10 he's now like the first pitcher ever to lose uh, for, for a team to lose the first thir- rather just 13 starts in a row from one pitcher or something like that there there are lots of ways to explain how, how bad Jordan Lyles is but uh, at least he's been pitching not terribly recently his last start was seven innings five earned runs. That at this point is a good start from Jordan Lyles. Hey, he did his job. He threw seven innings. Good job. Uh, Zach Greinke has been a lot better lately. Uh, Daniel Lynch has been off to an okay start. Um, I would I would actually say a pretty good start, if not for the fact that you know last game defense really failed him. But that's it. Like like that. That's all we really got. We still have to we still have to go with a bullpen game every fifth day. Relying on Mike Myers pitching the bulk of it, which is finally worn off because his last last game was just awful. His last game what what even was it? I don't really remember. Whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is he went from like a one ERA to a four point four ERA. I think it was like five it was like he threw like four innings and, and gave up seven runs or something like that. So yeah, Mike Myers, he became what we thought he was gonna be. <laughs> finally. Then you go into the bullpen and sure there's some good stories there, but how long are they gonna last? You know, Scott Barlow has kind of gone back to being what Scott Barlow, what we expect from Scott Barlow. You know, he's the closer. He's a very good closer at that. But Royals are already talking about trading him, and I think that this time it's really going to happen. It is finally officially going to happen. Scott Barlow is getting traded this season. This is no, no more like oh, let's hold on to him to you know see if we can get a better deal for him later on. No, it's like all right, it's happening now. Royals are pretty. They, they seem pretty serious about this. Arolda's Chapman has been a great success story for the Royals pitching staff this season. They got this old failed closer and revitalized his career. Essentially, it seems like he's going to be a pretty hot piece to trade at the deadline or maybe even earlier. The Royals are actually talking about trading guys early so that they can get better value for their guys, which I am fully in support of. They definitely need to do that. Good idea, guys. Do it. Trade Aroldos Chapman as soon as possible. I think that you can start actually trading players. Um, on the fifteenth of June, so this could even this could happen within a week at this point. And again, I'm I want that to happen. Just just do whatever whatever you need to do to get better value for you guys. Do it. Um, and I'm not even opposed to packaging guys that have longer value or, or longer term value for along with someone like Scott Barlow or a role as Chapman. Trade someone like. I don't think Scott, I don't think Josh Salmon has any value at this point, unfortunately. But I was actually I was I was actually hoping Dylan Coleman would be back at this point, so I could say like, hey, you know what? Package Dylan Coleman in with a role as Chapman. That would be pretty cool. So that so that you're not really just getting a rental in Chapman. I don't know what the deal is with what's what's going on with Coleman. I haven't heard about Dylan Coleman at all this past season. How is he doing? I should look that up really quick. Uh, okay, he hasn't pitched since April 10th. Wait, that's the major leagues. I'm freaking stupid. God damn it. Okay, so he has a 4.61 ERA in Omaha so far in, in 13.2 innings pitched. That's not super promising. He's also walking 11.2 guys per... What? Well, how, how does he have 11... What? Why does Dylan Coleman have 12 walks per game? What? What the hell is that? He's also striking out 16 batters per nine. Okay, that I'm I'm gonna leave before I get more mad or confused. Okay, never mind about Dylan Coleman. Point is, the Royals have a little bit of stability and a little bit of success on their pitching side, but. I don't know how long the rotation is going to hold because it's been so inconsistent this entire season. And then the guys you've got in the bullpen are just going to get traded in a couple of weeks in all likelihood. So that's not going to last much longer either. And then you think, okay, like like this is what's most frustrating about talking with people about, about this is because some people are, are, they think they're really smart because they point out that the roster is bad. Great job guys. Had no idea. But then they're like, okay, well we need to get new players like right now. And it's like, hello, where are we getting these new players? Where are we getting? Like, like, people think, oh, just just call up anybody. Just call up anybody. We've been doing that. We've already been calling up literally anybody. Mike Myers shouldn't be on this roster, but he is because we had no other choice. Nick Whitgren, Jackson Kowar, like these guys, we didn't have any expectation of doing into the season. But here they are because we have no choice but to pitch them. You know who and who else do we have? We've already tried J- Jonathan Heasley. He was bad. He's still bad. Max Castillo. Like we're we're maybe hoping that the two innings we saw of Austin Cox could be the start of something later on. That's about it. <clears throat> I'm doing that thing. I s- said I wasn't going to do that. I said I wasn't going to get ba- mad about the Royals this season, and I'm doing that. I'm just. Let me walk around. Uh, you know, I just spent like the last five minutes looking at. Nice Pokemon card too dude. make myself feel better give myself something to look forward to in, in life God I mean really though it's what do the Royals do The only thing that can make the the team worse legitimately is if players get injured I mean as as even if players aren't playing all that well if Salvi or Vinny or Bobby or anyone like that goes down it's like well. Now we don't even have. Now we don't even have to look forward to. Um, we don't. We we don't get to look forward to them hitting better because they're not even going to have that chance when they're on the bench, recovering. Look, I'm not mad. I'm just being cool. <laughs> I I say I'm just being cool. I don't know, dude. What 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 what? What's the deal? I don't know. It's just—it's really hard to talk about because again, I've we we talked about every series this season so far. We've talked about the mistakes the Royals have made, and they continue to make the mistakes. The Royals—they played against the Marlins. They didn't play any differently than they have in the past week. So they just played terribly. They—they they, they just played like crap, you know. And, and I'm glad—I'm kind of glad that I made that episode titled "The Royals Are Losing Like a Bad Baseball Team" because they—they they just continue to do that. I mean, on Tuesday or what was it? Monday's game. Yeah, Monday's game, you know, at first it seemed like things were going well. They took the lead. They had a 4-0 lead. And it's like, oh, wow, this is going pretty well so far. Um, the Marlins are actually a kind of decent team. So you think, hey, this could th- this could be the start of something. This would be pretty nice. The Royals also, they brought out their dads in attendance or something like that. I don't actually know the full details of this. I just kept hearing that from other commentators. other Royals content creators over the this past week like oh they brought their dads out to the game so I guess I guess a bunch of parents were in attendance which I guess makes sense because I do know that the Royals have a few players that are from Florida so yeah it's like okay they they, they had dads in attendance for this three game series I think for all three games so so it's like okay that starts off pretty nicely they get they get a four to nothing lead and then they immediately give it up they they it immediately becomes 6 to 4 and then the royals just don't really do anything beyond that. They just kind of like lay down. It's like, okay, well, guess that's over. <laughs> and that's it. It's like no, nothing happens. They just kind of give up, and that's just what a bad team does. That's what a that's what a team that's just checked out does. They just they don't fight anymore. They're just like, well, <laughs> game over, I guess. Whoopee. Let's just continue taking some at baths until until we get to go home. And then the next two games were just awful. They lost both of them by six to one by a score of six to one. Nothing happened in either of them they They didn't play well uh they they committed three errors on Tuesday. just just terrible. dude. I don't know who needs to do what or anything with this team like like really, this is that we're at the point where it's like, what do you do? What do you do with these guys? because clearly the losing is contagious. The the bad vibes are, I don't know if, I mean, I don't know what the vibes are like in the clubhouse, necessarily. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I'm sure it's not a lot of fun being in there. And, you know, losing a lot of games and not playing well isn't a lot of fun. But the Royals literally have a mental health coach in the dugout with them. So even that isn't something that can really be... I don't know, like, oh, let, let's let's try doing this. It's like, no, the Royals are already trying to do that. Like, the Royals have already tried to do a lot of things that people say that they should do. Like, hey, we need a our coaching staff is bad. We need to get rid of the coaches. We did that. These are the new coaches. We Oh, these old players suck. Get rid of them. Call to the young guys. Okay, we did that. These are the young guys. This is the core of players that was in development for five years by this point. I'll be getting mad again. I shouldn't I shouldn't be doing that. I don't know. Uh, I don't know is the theme of this episode. I don't know. I think the only thing that the Royals should do that they haven't tried yet is just put money into getting some free agents. But when the team is this bad, it almost feels like that's a, just a pointless endeavor. Because what exactly is adding 20 or even $50 million to the payroll going to do at this point? You know, if the Royals get to a, a, a get to an average payroll, which let's say that's 150 million this season, they're at 94 this season. So yeah, that's 56. You can add to it. What exactly does that do? What exactly does that do when when every single aspect of the team is bad? When the lineup is is bad? When the when the pitching is bad? The bullpen, you know, when we lose Barlow and Chapman, it's probably going to be bad. What exactly do you... You can't build a team with just $55 million like that. That's what the Royals essentially have to do. Maybe it'll make things better, you know. I don't know. I don't know. But I feel like the only thing the Royals are really going to do in this next offseason is they're just going to... They're going to basically bring in a Gilmesh. You know? They're going to bring in a guy who's pretty good and maybe a little bit expensive... Uh, maybe a bit of an overpay, but they'll be like, hey, you know what, we brought in somebody, damn it. Be be thankful. Be happy. We did it. Finally, we brought in a free agent, someone kind of good, and it's not really going to change anything on this team. Last year, around this time last year... <coughs> sorry, damn, I don't know where that came from. Dust got in my throat. Around this time last year, we were all saying, okay... Burn it all down. Get rid of everything and everybody. And I think the Royals did kind of do that. You know, they, they, they did kind of get rid of... I mean, they didn't get rid of literally everybody, sure. Um, and I understand that people are, are not liking J.J. Piccolo. But again, like, what do you what do you expect J.J. Piccolo to do? What is he supposed to do? What, what do you think it is he needs to do that he hasn't done? I understand being skeptical of him. I will, I will give you that. I will, under, I will accept skepticism towards him because you're like, okay, well, he's already been in this organization for a long time. But I also think, like, what has he done in this organization necessarily? And what is he doing now that really warrants criticism? Like I said, this is just a problem that's been handed to him. Someone I was arguing with a couple days ago was saying that all the Royals really did in the last... You know, 12 months with their staffing is they just rearranged deck chairs on the Titanic. I'm like, no, that's not what they did. The Titanic is at the bottom of the ocean because the former captain and his navigators crashed it into an iceberg and then pretended they didn't for like five years. So they had to be thrown overboard. The Royals are on driftwood right now. This is this is what they're doing. This season was certainly described as an evaluation year, but I don't even think it's that at this point. I think this year was a damage assessment year more than anything. It's like, okay, well, things are pretty bad, but what can we take away from it? Maybe we can salvage something from it. But at this point, it's more of an autopsy. This season is an autopsy. Like, who killed the Royals what was the cause of death and what can we do to prevent this from happening in the future? Because the Royals still need to move forward. They still need to, you know, show something for themselves and hopefully do so within the next few years, which I want to believe is possible. It's possible. Any any team can go from rags to riches in a few years. All right, the Arizona Diamondbacks are a team that I'm really looking up to, looking up to right now, and I said that they, they're doing a lot of things that the Royals should have done. They lost 110 games in 2021, and now they're the best team in the National League two years later. So it, it's possible. Like, there is a way out of here. Sorry, they're not the best team. They're the second best team. They're one game behind Atlanta, technically. So my apologies, Sumi Masen, for that critical error. So, I don't want to say that there is no way out and that there is no way the Royals can improve, but the state that it's in right now is truly and utterly dismal. In a way that we didn't expect and that we didn't want to see, certainly. Um, Let's just hope that the guys can improve, I guess. I think this is... The real test of of Q, actually, yeah, this uh ties back to something that I said all the way back at the beginning of the season where I was saying that when the Royals fail, how will they respond to that? That's going to be like the real test of this season because we knew that things weren't going to go completely well. That was impossible. So when things go wrong, what happens? How does management respond to that? How do the players respond to that? And I will say, um, so far, not well, because they haven't recovered from it. Uh, like, I don't really know what Q is doing, and I like, like, kind of like I'm saying with JJ, there's only so much that I think you can blame on him, which is. Very little in general, because what is what what is Q supposed to do? what what is any what is any manager supposed to do? Like sure, maybe he could help get a couple more wins on the board, but I don't really like like the roster he has is just the roster that's been given to him. And like I'm saying with the coaches that we have now, because some people think that the coaches are the problem, the coaches aren't the ones playing. JJ Piccolo and, and Matt Quatrero and any other anyone else you want to blame on the Royals being bad, they're not the ones on the field making the errors. They're not the ones, you know, they're not the ones striking out. Now, sure, there are things that 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 can be taught to them, but are they listening? Are they actually doing what's told? And you can say that, oh, well, the manager, you know, it, it he should be putting the team in a better position to win. But I mean, what what can you do with Edward Olivares making errors every day? I mean, there's only so many DHs you can have on this roster, and we need Edward Olivares to hit at some point. I'm kind of jumbling up my thoughts here. I'm just kind of going off in all these different directions, just randomly throwing out these like non sequiturs, I guess, but I don't I don't know. I, I don't I don't blame Q for the team in the state that it's in but I also will say that I don't really know what he's doing to help with it because so far it's just kind of more the same of like oh yeah the boys are working hard and you know we got it we just got to get going again it's like okay well that's nice but that doesn't really do anything it doesn't say anything we know the boys work hard we know that this is not we know that this is not a lazy team but then again the errors that are being committed just the, the poor approaches at the plate are just all over this roster. The the base running errors, those are the things that, that can be cleaned up a little bit, and it can go a surprisingly long way. Sometimes those really are the different the, the differences between a win and a loss. And nothing is really being done to address that or combat that so far. I just kinda of think back to Ned Yost and how he would just put the, bl- the the blame on himself for whenever the team loses. It's like, you know what? That's my fault. Yeah, this guy made a bad play. That's my fault. Blame me for that because I put that player in that position because that he knows that he needs to be better, but he's not going to get better unless he actually, you know, tries and fails sometimes. And I respect that. I admire that. And I think that did help the team in the long run when he would just be like, all right, you know, things are, things are bad right now, but... Keep doing what you're doing, keep playing hard, and, you know, don't lose focus, and things will get better. This will turn around. I think that, you know, it it helped in the long run, where the Royals, sure, it seemed like they were disappointing at first in 2011, 2012, but then 2013, 2014, 2015, things got better. Now, sure, there is a difference. I guess uh, I I had a specific thing that I wanted to say about this. Confidence and naivety are two sides of the same coin so sometimes you know it didn't work out like 2016 2017 i think when the royals were just kind of saying like oh yeah it'll be it they'll get better things things are fine as they are right now and then you know they just didn't want to adjust or change anything it's like yeah that 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 probably sunk the team in those two years so i'm not saying that mentality is perfect but it might help right now where I think some guys were making progress. Things were getting better for these guys, but then the team just kept losing or started losing more, and then they just kind of lost that. And now they're trying harder to, I don't know, make something happen at the plate or on the field. Guys are trying to do too much because they're getting desperate to get out of this. That's just a random theory, I I guess, or just a random thought that I have about it. Like, oh, maybe this explains it probably not there are lots of reasons why the Royals are at the point where they are right now and yeah all we can really do is just hope that it'll it'll get better and still I do think it'll get better I don't know if it'll get better this season I mean even if it does get better this season I like I can't look forward to things getting better this season because even if that happens it's it's so bad right now that playing 500 for the rest of the season will get the team to 68 8 wins. No, not even that. It'll get them to uh you know, get them to 68 wins. They have exactly 100 games left in the season. So they can go 50 and 50 and finish 68 and 94. Which, you know what, all things considered wouldn't even be that bad. <laughs> I mean, that would be disappointing cuz I said I thought 75 wins would be on the table, but I guess 68 and 94 wouldn't be so bad when we started 18 and 44. I guess if that happens, then we can talk about, like, okay, maybe there is something here. Maybe this team is going to be okay after all. But even then, like I said, everybody on the team is underperforming right now. Whatever good is happening from the pitching, you can't really rely on being a, you know, a long-term solution. Like, maybe Daniel Lynch will be someone who can stick the rotation. That's about it. Uh, maybe, maybe Zach Greinke will finish the season strong. He's been pitching well. Maybe he'll continue to do so for the rest of the season. Kind of like he did last year, where early on he was kind of bad, but then he he got better. He stabilized. But I guess I'm like the players right now. I am really lacking confidence in things getting better. And even if things get better, it's like the damage has just been done, man. It's, it's bad. We'll see. Um, let's look to the near future. But before we talk about the upcoming series against the Baltimore Orioles, I uh, I got to add something to the show. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We're back. Thank you for your patience. So the Royals are going to start a three-game series against the Baltimore Orioles in Baltimore. Uh, we've We've seen the Orioles already so far they're a pretty good team they are 37 and 24 so far that is second place in the american league east and also the third best team in the american league in general uh, sorry it's actually 38 and 24 baseball reference has not updated their record yet even though it's four in the morning that's weird b get your crap together but something that's kind of interesting about Baltimore is that not a lot really stands out too much about them as a team. Like, team-wide, I mean, obviously they have some fantastic players on their roster. But they're only 11th in weighted runs created plus across all of baseball with a 103. So they're only very slightly above average. Uh, their hitting is, which I'm talking about their hitting already, their batting average as a team is 247, which is tied for three teams, or Tied for tied with two other teams for fifteenth place. They're hitting 247 as a team. Uh, their on base is 319. That's seventeenth, and their slugging is where is it? Can't even find it. It's thirteenth, 412. So overall, their offense is very very okay. Just when looking at the numbers like that, and then as a team, their pitching is 17th in baseball tied with the tied with the Angels for 16th I guess with a 4.28 ERA so not they statistically they're not incredible as a team but they're just winning a lot of games but you know good teams will find ways to win and this isn't even like the Brewers where we talked about them and how they had a back when we played the Brewers I said that they had a a very okay a- offense and very okay pitching but it was their defense that was really carrying them because they had the best defense in baseball at that time. No, the, the the Orioles have the 28th best defense in baseball right now, according to Fangraphs, according their, to the uh, overall defensive value that they have as a team. Um, they have a lot of range. Their ultimate zone rating is really good. They, so I guess they don't commit a lot of errors, but they, and they do have five defensive runs saved. I'm actually kind of wondering. It's out above average. They have negative 17 out above average i'm not entirely sure how these things work because sometimes i feel like they're they're all related so it's like when some are positive but others are like severely negative it's like how did that happen i don't know but something interesting is that um what's this guy's name matt kremnitzer on twitter has posted that the orioles are in a pretty bad offensive slump for the last 30 days their weighted runs created plus is 92 which is pretty well below average over the last two weeks, it's 70. And then over the last seven days, it's 45. So their offense is really going through something. And then they play the Royals. So we'll see how long that slump lasts. <laughs> However, hey, for what it's worth, the Royals aren't going to send out Jordan Lyles this time. They're actually going to bring out Daniel Lynch for the first game. And then Brady Singer For the second game, there are no other probable pitchers for the entire series on either side. So I guess we'll just have to see. I do, at the very least, know that Kyle Bradish and Dean Kramer pitched the last couple of games. For them, so they are not going to be the guys that we see this season or in this series. Instead, it looks like we're going to see Kyle Gibson and Tyler Wells in either order. Those are two very good pitchers for the Orioles this season. Kyle Gibson, uh, 13 starts so far, 76.2 innings pitched, uh, 3.87 ERA, so he's pretty good. And Tyler Wells, 3.29 ERA in 68.1 innings pitched. So he's looking really good. He's actually leading all of baseball in whip with a 0.84 whip. Uh, However, his fielding independent pitching is actually way higher than his ERA. He has a fielding independent pitching of 4.56. So he's kind of getting backed up by some pretty good defense. He does give up the long ball a lot, uh, 1.8 homers per nine. So that would be an interesting to look out for. But we are playing in Baltimore. So whatever you do. Do not hit it to left field. Whatever you do, do not hit a fly ball into left field. And then I'm not sure who the third starter for th- this series would be. Uh, their fifth starter was supposed to be Grayson Rodriguez, but he has been recently optioned. And then it looked like they were going with Cole Urban for a bit. He was also optioned. Maybe Keegan Akin. Maybe they'll have like a bullpen game for one of these games i'm not entirely sure i don't really know it just kind of looks like it's up in the air maybe they'll bring up somebody else no idea i mean hey you're playing the royals so anybody will do right uh i I hate saying stuff like that you know the worst thing right now okay this isn't the worst thing but it is something that bothers me it's that the royals are really heavily advertising the chief's knight at, at, at Kauffman Stadium. Like, we have, we now have a, a Chiefs night, which I don't think that's ever happened before. I don't recall ever having a designated Chiefs celebration fan game at the stadium. Um, cause, I mean, it's not like th- there's any rivalry between Royals and Chiefs, but it's like, you know, y- y- you should be here to cheer on the team on the field. And instead, we're, we're going to celebrate the, uh, the team across the lot. It just, it just, it just makes me feel like it really plays into the, that really annoying attitude that everyone always has, where it's like, and, and and I say really annoying. I don't blame anybody for thinking this, for the record, um, and I don't even blame the Royals for trying to play into this. They got to, they're, they will ha- They need to do anything to put people in seats. So if this is what gets the job done, then so be it, I suppose. But anyway, it's that attitude where it's like, oh, Royals, so bad. How about them Chiefs, though? <laughs> It's like, oh my god, I got it! Frickin it's just, it's just annoying hearing that every day, constantly. And now the Royals are literally doing the same thing, where it's like, hey, come into come to Chiefs Night at the K. They're they're really uh setting up this narrative with Travis Kelsey because he had a really bad first pitch the last time he did it, but there's like, oh, Travis Kelsey first pitch redump- redemption. Wow, that's what we have to look forward to as Royals fans. A, a player from a different sport. Throwing out the first pitch, which actually has no bearing on the game. It's just like a ceremony in, in, to, to start the game with. That's what we have to look forward to. Because there's nothing worth looking forward to on the field. That's sad. It's kind of sad. Well, I think that's all that I have for today. Um, sorry that this was a a, a a dismal episode. A very negative episode. But again, what what can I say at this point? Things are bad, and as much as I want to be optimistic and be like things are going to be fine, I, I, I can't, I can't do that for, for I can't do that for this. the The Royals are breaking me. That's what's happening. I am broken by this team, but I have to keep doing this podcast somehow. So, if this is the angle that I have to take on, take on for a day or two, so be it. Have it your way, Royals. You've you've driven me into this corner. Anyway, I'll see you on Monday. Maybe, hopefully, something will something good will happen on Monday. We could we could celebrate something. <laughs> Some good news will happen or something. Uh, instead, if not, then I guess we're just going to talk about trade partners. Maybe that'll be uh, that'll be fun, right? Ooh, Royals trading more talent, more guys that I like on the team. I freaking love Scott Barlow, man. I don't want the Royals to trade him. But they have to. They need to. Because they need to be better than what they are now. Uh, I'm unhappy. Anyway, whatever happens, we'll talk about it when we get there. Until then, thank you very much for listening to the Royal Deluxe Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode... I would appreciate it if you reviewed it, rated it on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. It would help me a lot. It would help this podcast a lot. It would expand the reach so that more people can hear what dumb stuff that I have to say. Or you can send me feedback directly at at Royal Deluxe Pod on Twitter or make it more personal at MFNKC, and And other further inquiries can be sent to RoyalDeluxePodcast at gmail.com I would love to hear from you no matter what it is thank you very much for making the Royal Deluxe Podcast a part of your day and I hope you're having a good one I hope you will have a good one no matter what the Royals do don't let the Royals get get you down so much go out and have a good weekend everybody that's what I'm going to try to do So I'll see you on Monday, and until then, I've been Lux, and go Royals!